Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about axonix therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control, it gave me my life back. Axonix therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about and it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. In this week's episode, we will discuss education reform on mission. Hello, everyone. This is Danielle Washington coming to you live from Ms. Buffy Williams' office. <laughs> Just sitting around thinking about life and trying to become better people tonight, so check us out. Welcome back. You're on the air with Buffy Williams, and you have been listening to the New Heights Show on Education. We have been discussing the show's purpose on mission. Good evening. This is your host, Buffy Williams, and you're listening to the New Heights Educational Group, the New Heights Show on Education. Tonight's topic is educational conferences and professional development. On last week, we discussed parent education events, PTO and PTA meetings, and how collaboration through these organizations Um, has bonded together the relationship between students, parents, and educators and how that relationship can be elevated through that bond. On tonight's episode, we are learning more about why educators have educational conferences and professional development opportunities that enhance their skills in the K-12 area of teaching and administration. So let us hear your thoughts. Call us at 917-948-7542 or put your ideas or comments in the chat box or tag us on social media at NHEG or as always, you can post your comments on Twitter at Buffy underscore Awaken or on Spreaker, Instagram, or YouTube. Remember my fellow host, 
at New Heights, Erica Hansen airs on Thursdays at 2 o'clock p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I know that uh, the world is still going through a, a difficult time of transition, and this period can be um, very stressful for a lot of our listeners out there uh, and their family members. But uh, on tonight, instead of a quote, I do have some principles that um, I find helpful in my own life, and I thought that I would share them with you on this evening. Just for today, I will not worry. I will be grateful. I will honor all life. I will let go of anger. I will do my work honestly. Just for today. I think sometimes that we try to take on too many things rather than focus on what's right in front of us for today. And we know that uh, our educators um, are going through a very difficult time, as well as the persons who are affected by COVID-19 and their family members. And a number of people have lost family members. But we want to remember that, you know, just for today, if we could just stay in the moment of today, um, even though we may be enduring some very difficult times, we can also look at how we can be grateful for the opportunities and the times that we've had uh, up until this point and focus on today. So we'll just take a moment to reflect on the lives that have been changed and the love and light that others have brought into this world who may have passed on and also to honor those who are uh, suffering financially, physically, mentally, or emotionally during this difficult time of transition. Transition sometimes can be um, extremely difficult depending on your current state. But we want our listeners to know that um, we carry you in our hearts and we have compassion and love for you. And we want to let you know that uh, you're not enduring this alone. Thank you. So when we think about education conferences and professional development, as many of our listeners know, um, and in most professions, you, after you obtain your degree, you get what is called continuing education credits or units, depending on what area or specialty you're in. Of course, you all know that my profession is a therapist, so I, I also, in order to keep my license, have to obtain a certain number of what's called continuing education credits in order to um, stay licensed in any state um, and nationally. And teachers, some teachers also have a um, requirement where they receive professional development, whether it's they actually receive continuing education for those credits um, sometimes, and then sometimes they're just 
professional development that maybe the administrator decides that they need at the school. Um, and so it will be better um, served to have that actually at the school setting um, locally. And it's something that's going to enhance the teaching skills of the overall staff and the functionality of the school and better aid the students. And so when we talk about continuing education and professional development in the areas of education in K through 12 with teachers and administrators, it can run the gamut from, you know, on the local level of the um, principal or administrator or program coordinator bringing someone in to the actual school to provide those educational services to the teachers and administrators, or it could be on a state, uh, regional, national level. And these workshops are just designed as uh, a way to, after you get out of college, um, continue on with your education so that you're abreast of all the new trends and educational um, information that could be out there. So these educational conferences are hosted all over the world, and it also gives teachers and administrators an opportunity to travel to other districts, maybe maybe to another state, and collaborate with people all over the world in these educational events. And in K through twelve, um, K through twelve administration and education management. They have conferences that could be tailored to a particular segment area. So if a teacher is specialized in mathematics, of course, they would probably uh, go and get those continuing education credits within the field of mathematics. And if anything has changed or if there are new, any new trends or any um, anything that's related to technology in a particular field, um, then the education conferences or education workshops um, would be a place where the teachers and administrators would go in to receive that information from experts. And so when we look at continuing education, it could be in the form of going to an actual conference or sometimes they're called summits or symposiums. But traditionally, these conferences are large events that bring educated professionals together in a particular field. Um, and they have different activities, like they'll bring in speakers uh, and they'll have breakout workshops and networking sessions so that teachers can actually um, not only gain the latest information on whatever particular specialty area of education that they're in, but they can um, take that time to actually go into smaller breakout workshops and actually maybe have an opportunity to have some feedback, some one-on-one -on -one conversation um, with the expert in that particular area and also network with other educators to see what, what best practices they may have um, been using within their schools. And then um, a summit is very similar to that, but they often have like more high level professionals. Let's say if there's someone on a national scale to bring out the newest findings within a particular field. And some of these summits function just like um, education conferences. And then they have um, what's called a symposium. And this event is where, you know, experts in the field come and give presentations to large audiences on the outstanding um, education event that may be um, coming up 
um, in that particular area. And so that's kind of a breakdown of, you know, what educational conferences and professional developments, um, their makeup could be. But um, I, in, in my past, I also like to not only um, look at the trends within my particular state, but I've always been a person who was curious about uh, how other states operated and how they made a program successful. And especially if they had any data um, attached to that, I was always very curious at what the numbers looked like. <laughs> I can remember um, in the past where I was not a, a fan of statistics, and I probably have shared that on a number of my shows, but now it's almost like... Um, uh, one of those things that I have to have, you know, I kind of want to know what the numbers look like. And we uh, we understand that statistics is based on, you know, whatever the data is, it's based on your data set and, you know, actually, you know, what you're testing, you know, what uh, population you're working with. But it's always interesting, especially in an education setting, because, you know, that's a very controlled group. Uh, you can pretty easily uh, narrow down the demographics of, you know, age, gender, um, um, uh, academic aptitude, and um, kind of look at the full spectrum of all the students and where they are and where they're ranking or where you may be lacking in a particular area or not targeting students in a particular area and where your weak spots are. And I think that that's a very powerful tool because you have such a control group. And then of course, you're gonna have some students who may stop out of school or students who uh, may transfer to another school and students transferring in. So that does kind of make your numbers fluctuate to a degree, but a large number of those students will remain with that school and will, and will progress from one grade level to the next or not. And then you can use that data um, and those best practices to kind of work with that particular cohort group. But I, and that's one of the interesting things that I find about it. But also when you go to these education conferences, they, um, have, as I stated, you know, different areas. And so you may have some that focus more on leadership and curriculum and how you can network and work on the best practices and share ideas uh, as far as that is concerned. But then you also um, have yearly sessions. And these education conferences are pretty large. And like I said, I, I used to like to go to... Um, the regional and national level conferences, because sometimes you um, the the compilation of all the data that you receive on each level um, paints a better picture for your strategic plan of where you're trying to go and where your district is trying to go uh, as far as education is concerned, and um, you're not stuck with tunnel vision per se um, by just just working with your particular area. And so um, these uh, conferences can, again, be very large, you know, some as large as, you know, maybe 780 sessions. And that, that's a lot of information for educators to kind of narrow down. So you can kind of see why 
it would be more advantageous to actually go to a conference in your specialty area. So if you're dealing with mathematics, then you go to conferences that have mathematics sessions or breakout sessions or literature, language, or writing, um, or technology, for, um, for that matter, so that you can focus more in on your area. And then, of course, if you're in administration, you want to um, work on those. And they also have... Um, mainly when you go to these conferences, they will have what's called a morning plenary session for those out, uh, out there who um, have never attended. And so just thinking about the structure of it, a morning plenary session is just essentially everyone that comes to the conference attends and hears this one particular speaker. And generally that first speaker is someone who is going to motivate and set the tone for what the conference is going to be about. And then the educators will break out and go to different sessions based on, you know, what they are particularly interested in or their specialty areas. And then they may come back to imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bath Fitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bath Fitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Together for a luncheon keynote speaker um, so that everyone has you know, most of these conferences have an overall theme. Um, everyone has some um, some kind of unity within the conference because you have that morning plenary together. You break out and you find, you know, people that you can kind of connect with and use as resources. Uh, and then you come back together at a luncheon and then you hear another keynote speaker on maybe whatever the latest trends are, something that everyone needs to know. But, you know, conferences don't have to be that large. You know, there are conferences that only have like 30 sessions or 30 sessions or 15 sessions. It just kind of depends on exactly what you are looking for and what your comfort level is. Again, they have uh, education conferences on the future of education and technology. But um, I have been talking quite a bit about um, educational conferences and professional development. So what we're going to do is we're just going to take a brief pause and listen to a word from our sponsors. But we'll be back in just a moment. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School. The world's fastest-growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully-accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. 
Welcome back. I'm your host, Buffy Williams, and you're listening to the New Heights Educational Group, the New Heights Show on Education. And tonight's topic is educational conferences and professional development. And before the break, uh, I was talking about the various levels or um, types of professional development conferences that are available to our educators and why they actually uh, go to these conferences and what's important about them going to the conferences that they go to. And I also mentioned that, you know, there are very specific conferences that are related to uh, specialty areas and they have conferences regarding the future of um, education technology conferences where, you know, they collaborate with, of course, new persons who are bringing out new technologies and the best practices and any pressing issues that may be coming up within that professional um, area from around the world. And so teachers can have an opportunity to choose to stay in their state or go to a uh, local or state um, continual education classes or conferences and or choose to go to uh, a regional or national level conference where they can meet with other educators from other states. And they also have uh, conferences where uh, educators can, you know, at these joint mathematics, you know, STEM education is definitely on the rise and they have conferences that work regarding the innovation in mathematical research and the advance of mathematical advancement and providing um, communication tools um, to progress through the field and and encouraging mathematical research and um, students to kind of tap into that area. And also um, just the technology landscape um, and bringing you know, leading companies together. And I know we talked about that on a previous STEM education show where they they actually bring in companies and, you know, new um, ed tech startups and ideas. And they have these large number of attendees from people all over the globe. And so they do a superb job of bringing professional development and networking opportunities for the K through 12 area. And then there are some that um, specifically target the K through eight. um, And then you can have those that focus on the high school area from nine through 12. Um, But they also focus in on, you know, a comprehensive literacy and reading recovery um, for students. In addition to um, teachers classroom intervention, Uh, and maybe working with students with special needs or ESL or instructional coaches, um, professional, uh, I think they're called program specialists um, and in schools now, which is something that's a new concept for me, um, program specialists in in a high school. But we can see that um, education is changing in so many ways that they also not only have things in those specialty areas, but they also have um, conferences that kind of work on uh, equity and and innovation and cost-effective models for teaching education um, within the new fields of, you know, uh, the virtual schools and how can um, that be 
um, better managed economically or, you know, the bottom line of education, you know, their dollars and cents, you know, in order to implement anything, there's going to be a cost associated with it. But also looking at, you know, and discussing the future of schools and, you know, the directors or teachers or program specialists or administrators, however you want to uh, name them. And I know with the invention of charter schools, and then we have more virtual schools and homeschools. So the actual terms may be different, but the function uh, that they, uh, the ways that they function within the schools is essentially the same. And so we have these conferences um, to kind of opening the minds of educators and professionals uh, on the ones who are caring for our young children and gathering all this information where they can sit side by side with other educators and explore um, school leadership and independent um, programs or community-based interests that can, you know, drive innovation and transform, transform learning for our students. And a very changing time because we know these digital technologies are a very real thing. And we talked about that on one of our previous shows, but we see now that we didn't know at the time when we had that particular show that we were going to go through this COVID-19 pandemic across the world and that virtual education would be thrusted upon us, whether we were ready for it or not. And so now, um, this is a time where if teachers had taken advantage um, uh, in the past, and which I'm sure they did within their school systems because digital technology is on such a rise, but they have these new and innovative ways. And if they've implemented those, then they have some type of a framework in order to work with our students and focus on the how students can, you know, enhance their educational experience through these networks Um and utilize that sometimes, you know, forced situations like these bring about very ingenious and innovative ways of using technology and thinking critically about the principle and our focus and our mission for for our schools and what techniques are we currently using and how can we streamline this in a virtual setting in order to um, enhance the presentation of you know, our communication for our students and our parents and making it accessible um, to our students. And so some of these conferences focus in on on that as well, the accessibility of, you know, our technologies and how we can enhance the curriculum, but also engage the students in um, something that's going to be productive and also um, teach equity, equity, I don't know why I can't say that word tonight, Um, you know, work together and a more diversified way um, to enhance the students' um, knowledge and also provide them with um, a way to teachers and administrators, a way to understand um, more about policy issues that affect um, them on a state, national and local level and how that Um, can sometimes impact um, different things within the schools. And looking at culturally how schools can be um, more um, sensitive to the cultural diversities that students face. So, 
you know, with these conferences, they can go and learn about us more about students with learning disabilities and how um, they can creatively um, um, integrate certain things within the, the classroom in order to better aid those students within that particular um, area and also um, being more mindful of their relationship with the students. You know, keeping in mind this is a student-centered approach and looking at emerging technologies and emerging ways in which we can explore uh, a common ground, and, but still empower and engage our students and our teachers um, to develop learning and teaching skills that are going to aid the students in the future. And so, and thinking about, um, again, educational conferences and professional development workshops that our teachers um, actually attend, uh, whether it's in early childhood and learning, you know, connecting practices and policy and research, or whether it's, you know, learning about crisis management and protocol on better safety and security methods, or working with, um, you know, at-risk youth, or dealing with um, brain-based learning, or building academic vocabulary or character education, student monitoring, student mentoring, or special education. These diverse groups and these diverse conferences that put these on, and you could it could go from one day to two days to four-day conference or week conference. But all of these things are very important, you know, just like um, anything else that you do if, if you don't continue to um, learn what the new trends are or uh, foresee what may be coming in the future and gain key insights on what's going on around the world and how can you genuinely influence the classroom experience and uh, work with our students on what are the best practices to get you the knowledge, skills, and learning that you need in order to build a productive, fruitful um, future for yourself. So that's what we're trying to, we're trying as educators to explore ways to um, make this learning experience um, one that can be impactful for their future um, and also collaborate with other professionals across disciplines to solve problems that will be new um, and build a, a stronger foundation for a better education in K through 12. And so I hope that um, you have learned something about uh, why there is an importance and a need for educational conferences for our professional development, for our teachers and our administrators. And the premise that, you know, education is a national priority um, and a state's responsibility. And that that is taken from the Reagan Institute Summit that happens every year in Washington, D.C., and again, it says that the focus um, of that particular conference, but I think it's more poignant for uh, the segment today, is that the premise that education is a national priority, but a state's responsibility. And so it's all of our responsibilities to make sure that our students are educated um, in a way that um, we're forward thinking about what our future is going to look like and what our students will need for the future. 
but I thank you for joining us on tonight's session. We hope that you join us next week. That's our time, and you have been listening to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm your host, Buffy Williams. If you like what you've heard, search for us on your smart speaker and listen to us anytime. Thank you for listening. Good night. Until we meet again next Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as we discuss next week's topic. Enjoy expanded content from the New Heights Education Group host on Blog Talk, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and Watch No Learning. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.